said to you before we started the podcast, I'm basically going to spend the next hour trying to get as many people as possible to just go and find your work and be as excited about it as what I am. But before we start digging into all of your secrets, the first thing we do have to know is the reason why you picked up a camera in the first place, why you now find yourself in the position of being a photographer. You know, I get that. I get that question a lot. I, I really think um, I'm at I'm at that point where I, I think I have to like I have to be I have to know what kind of photographer artist I want to be. Right. Like I've, I've tried all kinds of photography, probably even if you Googled my work, you you'll find you'll find a lot of wedding stuff, which I also shot on film. So going back many, many years, my mom gave me a, um, a 110 camera. You can, you can barely find that film or even those film cameras anymore. And, and from then I, when I, I always think I was a photographer bef- before anything else. Um, professionally, I, I shoot x-rays. I, um, I, I can, I use a CAT scan machine. I don't, I only do it part time, but before, before that, before, uh, before I was married, before any of those things who, who, who I, I'm like the sum of many things. Um, my mom gave me a camera and, um, and that was like my paintbrush or escape or, or way to, to, um, kind of express myself. I, I, I can also draw, but that, but I, but I really surpassed that in terms of like photography. And, and I, I took uh, classes in college. I, um, um, I shot for high school and then on, I can go on and on and on, but of all the things that, that, um, that I, that, that I may have like stopped in life or even like when I was in school, it was really like a passion for photography. Like for instance, I, I would, I would enroll in all these classes in college and I would literally break into the dark room to make dark room prints. <laughs> okay. It's a true story. When, when someone asked me to shoot a wedding and I wasn't shooting for several years, I literally bought a, um, a, uh, I, I, someone, I, someone lended me a, um, it's a, it's a Canon red line, maybe a 24 to 70. It wasn't the Mark II because the Mark IIs are, are lighter. It was the heavier version. I put, I put that on a, um, a Canon Rebel. Since I was shooting a wedding, I knew I had to have a backup camera. So I went to Costco. Well, Costco is like a big, huge store where at the time you can like return anything. So I, I bought that and returned it. And then return the lens after I shot the wedding just to turn a buck. And that's what I would do. I would just basically like borrow stuff, return it, buy it, return it. And then until I can get like a Canon Mark three. So, and, 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 and I guess I'm circling back to the question is like, no matter what I did in life, I would, I would always end up back doing photography in some way, even if, even when I thought I was done with it. So circling back all the way back to when my mom gave me a camera. I think it's, I think it's who I am. I think it's in my DNA, even, even though sometimes like, like right now I told you that I injured my arm and I have been shooting for, for a few weeks, maybe, maybe even a month sort of. And I'm just itching. I'm just itching to shoot. It's just, it's like, uh, it's, it's my drug of choice for sure. And I think <laughs> there's a lot of worse things you can do. It's expensive at times, but like, and sometimes I'm not even making money, but, but it's just like, um, it's like, what, what makes you do what you do in life? Does it have to be money? I mean, I mean, as an artist, do you, I mean, if you play, if you play the violin or play an instrument or sing, do you have to, do you have to turn a buck to make it, to make it who you are, you know? So right. that's who I am. That's what I do. And, and it started from the camera my mom gave me. Well, it feels like quite often when you introduce money into someone's passion, that's where actually you get more conflict than you get enjoyment because with money comes all of the admin, comes all of the pressure, comes all of the the need to adapt for it to continue to make money for you. Whereas if it's your passion and you can kind of as best as you can separate the money from the passion, that's actually where you thrive more. And one thing I did want to ask you and wanted to ask you quite early on, because I'm going to dig at this a little bit, I'm afraid is sure, okay. you have you have this incredible ability to take very I don't mean this to sound bad at all but you have this wonderfully simplistic style that is so fantastically reliant on expression and mood and feeling and 
I guess to start off with, how, how did you feel, how did you find that style? You know, when you landed on it, did you know that's where you wanted to end up or has it just been a very, very slow evolution? I would definitely, I would definitely say it's a, a slow evolution. I'm, I'm really a, um, I, I really study the greats. Like I've, I've always, I mean, I have, I have lots of photography books that I've stacked up for years and I'm trying to be that artist that is somewhat something in between. Like there's, there's photographers who by textbook, they didn't, they didn't know, they didn't know light. You know, they didn't, they weren't great right. with, uh, with, um, light meters and where to place lights and all that, but they were great with direction and mood and really putting themselves into the set and producing that energy that uh, makes the, the, on the other side of the lens, whether, you know, whether it be someone famous or a musician or a model, you know, at ease and, and gaining that trust. And then there's some photographers who are like, everything was very more, um, it was, it was more, uh, what's, what's the word? Like they, they had full control. Everything was about control of like this light, this light, five lights. Well, I'm not, I'm not like a five light kind of guy. I'm the kind of person that wants to be somewhat in, I want to know everything that I have, everything that I have is a tool. And, and kind of like, as I, as I started to realize like what I, what I love or what I liked, because there's so many photographers, there's so many that this Polaroid thing kind of really grabbed me. And, um, as, as it, it became less and less, I saw less of it, the more I, I wanted to do it, you know, the more I wanted to, to get my hands on it, the more I wanted to experiment with it. And then when, it, then when you shoot these models and stuff, I think it's, it's a two way, it's definitely a two way, two way situation when I work with some of these models. And, and thank you for, for believing, for seeing that in my work. I don't think I always see that. I think that's something you have to kind of pull out of the subject. And sometimes I don't get it, to be honest, or sometimes it's faked and maybe, maybe you can't tell, but I can probably remember every single <laughs> photo shoot based on the photo of what may or may or went wrong or the personality of that person. I'll remember. So, um, it's a little bit direction. It's a little bit of mood board. If I always show them in advance and, um, it's a little bit of like playing because so, so, so like, I'll be honest that the first half an hour or hour, like a warm up. Well, at that time I'm either burning Polaroids or I'm burning studio time. Um, some shoots just can happen. So, you know, instantaneously based on that, that person there, I, I can really admire those those artists, whether it's an artist or just a model who comes in and can just like tra transform that. Right. That's pretty, amazing. that's pretty amazing. And sometimes, you know, one of the funny things I, I told this um, to a friend of mine, where if you've seen those Polaroids and I peel them apart, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Some of the people I work with are not even old enough as some of the cameras, many of the cameras that I have, you know what I mean? And so a lot of times I'll, I'll start with a light, uh, just a light check or like, or a makeup check or skin check. And I'll shoot it on a, on a Polaroid, at least one, I'll burn one. Cause I, I got to burn one anyways. Cause I got to kind of see how the film is reacting to their, their skin tone or whatever, or their, how the makeup looks. And then boom, it's like, wow, I've never seen that before. So I'm really trying to gain their trust um, off the bat. So, so when I'm asking them then to do things or direct them, they feel comfortable that I'm, that I'm professional and, um, and that I'm an artist. Well, I think you're exactly right. There seems to be that once a photographer gets past that non, I'm not trying to be, trying my best not to be rude, but when you get past that kind of amateur stage where you're still trying to find your feet, they tend to then pick one of two paths. One being like the technician where it's, you know, five lighting setups and, and you know, they're measuring the color of the light as well as the light meters out. And you know, every single part of the shot is completely controlled almost to like a vacuum sealed level. And then the other side of it is, is the people that are more mood based and then they're, they're more, I think these are people that generally are more suited to portraiture anyway. They're more people focused. It's more about personality, mood, and their almost their attitude will take the shoot where it needs to go more than worrying about technical aspects that at the end of the day, most people won't even be focused on who are the people that consume the product when it's all said and done. Um, when mm -hmm. it comes to, like you said about Polaroids being something, that as it went away, you became more interested in it. 
um, do you feel like you're something of like a, maybe an artistic contrarian? Like you, you want to dodge trends as much as possible. Um, yeah, I think, I think I've always been that way. Just kind of, it's so funny because when I was shooting weddings, I was shooting weddings, like almost at one point, like almost all on film. And, um, I was trying to mimic the style of this one photographer who, um, really could get this like amazing bokeh in the background. And he was shooting on a medium format contact 645. So I picked one up, I mimicked the style and, and it just blew me away. And that style kind of, it became very popular here at one time. It's very light and airy and fluffy. And I was shooting those types of weddings. I was shooting these amazing locations. Um, I was shooting pretty, pretty big weddings in my opinion. I mean, and it can be very lucrative, but it's very fast paced. Uh, you know, you're going to spend some money on some film. I was shooting a lot of that. And, and, um, that was like a niche already, you know, when I started shooting Polaroids and that's even, that's even before that. And that was just for fun. Even I was shooting Instax on models here, just here and there, just to get, do something a little different. That Instax film, you couldn't even get, or even the cameras, you couldn't get it. You had to like get it from eBay on, on Japan and stuff. And that was fun to play with. And then I integrated some of the Polaroids that I'm using today, like the peel apart kind at, at like a, uh, a workshop. Um, just wanted to kind of like mess around and do something different. Cause that's the only way you'll, I wanted to stand out in that, in that crowd of all these photographers. I wanted, I wanted to know that I could hang with the best of the best of, of these photographers in this realm, which I was shooting on me, on the Mia RX uh, RZ six, seven. I shot that I was shooting the contacts. I brought some Polaroids and they were, they were just blown away. So I was like, okay, you know, this could go somewhere. And then I started trying to shoot some stuff. Like if you know, Emily Soto, she, she shoots these like dreamy sort of, um, portraits and they're, they're like in these gowns and stuff. And I was kind of integrate that into, into the wedding stuff. And then realize that what always drew me into that, that was like fashion, which I've always been into fashion. I'm, um, I'm a big fan of, um, Irving Penn, um, um, Helmut Newton, um, uh, all, all the, the Marshallier, I could go on and on, but those images that we all love, those black and white timeless images who like, if you put it on the wall, you get, you, you can name the photographer. Those guys are the ones that I still like that classic style is kind of like who, who I am too. You know what I mean? Like even Terry Richardson, even though his stuff was like, a little more than I would want to push, you know, the edge. Um, he's, he's contributed a lot to modern photography and that, like that, that on camera flash look that everyone's still doing, which I thought was going to go out of style. Um, yeah, it's, it's still going. So I, I look at all those photographers. I, I study like their style and, and even though I, you, you, I, I can't as an artist be them, there are definitely certain attributes that I pull from all these people that, that I've, that I've looked up to or studied their work, you know, kind of, kind of to make me who I am. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Emily Soto because she's pretty much the reason that I became involved in photographing people at all. Her work is just, it speaks to my soul. And I would, I would also add someone like Testino to the list oh, of yeah. photographers that you remind me of because of the, the mix of the beauty and the polished nature of the images, but mixed in with the attitude and the style mix of the mood, you know, if it's not just one dimensional, there's, there's multiple things happening at once, which is great. You mentioned film and I kind of want to go down this route if it's okay with you. Um, yeah. do you feel like with your style that the, the imperfection of, of film kind of plays into the overall aesthetic of what you're doing? Like that, that kind of, you know, with digital photography, we've become so hyper polished that we're almost cartoonist sort of photographers at this point. And film gives you that opportunity to have that rawness yet still, you know, have something that's polished. Is, is that quite integral to your style? Uh, I, I would, I would say yes. It's, 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 it's if, I, if I have an idea, I don't think there's one idea that I have in my mind or had that I wouldn't try to accomplish on film. There are definitely um, some pros and cons to shooting something on um, digital, which I, I still own one digital camera but if I had to shoot something in all in film, which has happened before, I think, I think I could do it. Um, I know I could do it. It may not have as much 
um, dynamic range, you know, in, in terms of like, but, but in terms of lighting, in terms of, I mean, my composition is my composition. My lighting is, is my lighting. Uh, the way I see things is the way I see things. I've even been on shoots. Uh, luckily they're just tests, but no, there actually one wasn't a test. That's funny. And then I, I uh, my camera broke or I forgot my, forgot my camera or forgot my SD card. Um, but I do, I, I do. The only, the only thing is, is like, um, art, a lot of artist agents, they don't, they don't want to just see, um, all film because they want to know that you can turn around work. Um, they want to be able to see it right away. Like a, like, um, like an art director, uh, if that's going to be on set. And that's the kind of feedback I've, I've gotten for Emily Soto's work. Just going back to her, I, I, to, I totally, it's funny because she, her, her, if, if you study where she came from, she, she was, um, her boyfriend got her into photography. She also started doing some weddings and then she started doing like, like shoots with models, with, uh, with, um, styling and stuff. And she shot some Polaroids and it, and it's funny. I, I, so I have some friends in New York and, um, they told me a little bit about her, about how she achieves uh, some of her Polaroid transfers and stuff. And, and it, yeah, there's, there's definitely, it's, it's, I, I give kudos to all those photographers who like can produce work and, and they, uh, they took, not say shortcuts, that's not fair, but like, didn't do it the way that you, you thought that they, they did it. I hope that makes sense. So yeah, I guess that's, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like me taking, it's like me doing some work that looks like Polaroid, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a Polaroid or it didn't start with a Polaroid. Then you, they'd be somewhat feeling fooled, but at the same time, you're like, wow, well, I couldn't tell the difference. So yeah, I, I do think, um, and because I've, I've played with 35, uh, I've shot six, seven, I've shot four five and now I'm shooting a ton of Polaroids. Um, I think it is. I think that's how I want to be identified. And so that's why that's mostly all that I show and all that I do. Although for art directors and, and, uh, um, um, those art agents, they, they want to see a little bit more, which I I'm trying to do. Trying. Well, the Polaroids is something that really stands out to me with you, especially, um, I don't really know how you label it, but the, sectional portraits that you do like the collage images of it's almost like multiple portraits to make up one overall image so you're taking almost sectional shots of your subject so there might be like you know torso shots a head shot and then you know multiple different versions of that mixed together how did that come about do you do you remember kind of the first time you tried that and it worked out um yeah so um i i've played with uh, many cameras like the spectra macro they don't make any more spectra film. They just discontinued it, even though it was taken over by Polaroid originals, Polaroid, um, macro camera can shoot like a headshot, a picture of just the eye picture of just like maybe, maybe more than the eye. And then like all the way in, like super close, which I've never shot, but I can, but I shot those, I was shooting headshots with that when I was getting into Polaroids several years ago. And then it sat on the shelf for a while. Um, for the Polaroid big shot, the Polaroid big shot is the Andy Warhol camera that everyone so funny because they were so cheap just a few years ago. <laughs> that is the best plastic camera that you could ever buy. Like the fact that the, why does it look, look like that? Cause it, it's a plastic lens and it's only going to have one focal length. So you can only shoot like basically headshots or basically that distance. So you can pick a head, you could pick a shoulder, you could pick a foot, but that's as far as you can go. If you pull too far back, it's out of focus. If you go too far in, it's out of focus. It doesn't have a barrel lens where you can focus it. So, um, I started messing around just, um, there's this one guy, his name is Arturo. Arturo shoots would do like nine, nine tiles of, of just, um, faces. And, um, he, he would do like, uh, like headshots with like minimal clothing, like just, just head and shoulders. So it's like clean, like you just look at the face and he would do these expressions. So I started doing some, and then I was like, you know, I don't want to copy somebody. I want to do something myself. So I, if you actually look, I, it's like, it's like anything that I've done, I think, I think it's been done before somewhere, but maybe in a different way. I've seen, I've seen similar things. Even if you go like way, way back, I'm trying to think of the photographer 
that shot, um, Madonna, and it's a cover of a Vogue magazine, and he shot her in three pieces hor- horizontally. So I think what I'm doing is not that much different. It's just it's just like how kids listen to music now, and they think it's original, but that came from the '80s or it came from the '70s or something. It's 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 the same thing, just just in my own way. And then I just take those different kinds of Polaroids because there's Polaroid Original Spectra, there's Polaroid Original 600, there's all different kinds of the peel apart film. FPC 100, 669, 690, 665. And I decided I'd start breaking the rules and using all of them to create whatever I thought of an aesthetic would be interesting. And um, I've been happy. I've been happy with that. Been happy with that. And your overall portfolio is, is so cohesive. It's so something that I'm a big fan of and it's the most boring thing in the world to explain to people, but I'm a big fan of consistent photographers. I'm a big fan of photographers where like I see one image, it, the, the first image, like how we inevitably do these days, you see one tile on, on Instagram, you love that image. And then I'm sad and I spend most of my evenings hunting down who that photographer was and all of their other work. And quite often as well with the podcast in mind, it's always nice to, to find new and interesting photographers. And I'm always so disappointed when I find one image, I chase down the rabbit hole. And when I get there, it just looks like an iPod on shuffle. It's just, it's just a whole variety of nonsense. And although it might all be technically great, it doesn't work together with that one image, which because that's the first one I saw, and I honestly think that I'm the center of the universe, they should always do what would suit me, I guess. Um, with you, you just have this wonderfully cohesive portfolio. There's it's, it's, it's a joy to just cycle through your Instagram and go through all of your different images. I actually introduced your work this evening to my wife and she was normally, she kind of gives a cursory like, yeah, that's nice. And then she'll kind of go off and she'll watch her TV show. And she actually was there on my phone for so long that I was like, yeah, I can have my phone back now because you know, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I need, I need to get on with some things. Thank you. When you're on the shoot, this is something that I'm really, I'm terrible at and I really want to learn how it's done. You, you've, get these wonderful moods you get these awesome these awesome expressions and this feeling and this emotion from fashion shots to me what feels like fashion shots what is the setup like on a shoot in terms of you know a model arrives how long do you spend with them before you start shooting have you got music blaring are you having like relatively personal conversations with them what's the setup when you're shooting how are you getting these amazing moods out of your subjects when they walk in, I, I really try to break the ice, um, try to ask a few questions. But since the clock is on and and I would say 99% of what you see on there is a one one man team. Um, so that's just me. So I'm I'm pretty technical when it comes to my lights. And um, when it comes to photography, sometimes I'm juggling. OK, let's say I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty much like a one light guy. I'll use a five foot um, parabolic. And the problem is I have three or four different kinds of stocks with all different, with all different ISO. So I've got pack film, which is generally around 80 to 100, a Polaroid originals, which is, um, which is 640. Sometimes I use a pack film. That's, that's a 3000 speed. That's the dark, that's the black and white. And then I have another one. Then if I shoot film, film is either going to be, I easily rate it at box speed or, or plus one. So if it's 400, it's 200. If it's 100, I'll open up another stop or I'll push it, which I don't usually do. But for the most part, I'm juggling three, three different kinds of ISO. So I'm, I need to like first get my lighting right. If I had my own studio, it would be consistent. Someone would just walk in and boom, everything is always the way it is. I've kind of got used to the equipment that I use at that studio that I rent. And I also have my own, um, my own lights but it just takes a little bit longer to set up, but I do bring it as a plan B or if I want to do like an additional uh, backlight or like a kicker light. Um, but that doesn't happen too often. I'm, I'm really trying to get out of adding all this extra stuff that I don't need when I think I can get it with just simplicity. And another thing that I, I think might be interesting to the person without them understanding is that I get hard flash from the big shot I can use natural light if I'm shooting in the daytime, which I off, which I often do. And then I'm using, I'm using the five foot parabolic. So that's three different lighting setups already without, without them, without the, the viewer, like knowing or understanding that. Okay. And then, um, so that takes up a lot of time 
in the beginning, that's why I can't talk very long. If I do talk, I'll, I'll talk for like 15 minutes while they're in the makeup chair, if they're getting makeup. But sometimes and lately, because things are tight, I'm not having makeup or I'm not adding additional time um, to the shoot. They walk in, uh, we'll pick we'll pick something out um, that they brought or or with what I have, we'll kind of mix it together. Usually that's based on a mood board. I think it's definitely important um, to, to send out an, an idea to either the agent or the model of what you're trying to achieve so that there's no, I don't say hanky panky, but like, that's the best way I can say it. So like, they know what you're looking for. If it's not something they're comfortable with, then they'll say it usually right away. Um, and I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I, I understand I want to push the boundaries, but I'm really want to push the boundaries of being an artist rather than pushing the art of like, of like, um, how much flesh I can show. So by those things that I've already gave you, the variables of the different kinds of lighting, and then um, um, what was I going to say? I guess, I guess what's most important to me is that I come out with something that, that is exactly what you're saying, that will be cohesive with what I'm currently doing. And that if I put all of this on a wall one day and somebody would be able to help um, edit out what's needed or what's not needed that somehow I have like a body of work that I'll, I'll be proud of. And I, and I think I'm slowly getting there. I'm, I'm, I know I'm moving like a turtle, but I'm okay with that because <laughs> I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of photographers. Like when people say, Oh, you got to make money. Well, Vivian Meyer was, is an amazing photographer world known. And she was like, wasn't she a nanny and she just shot like pictures everywhere. I mean, cause it was like what she liked to do. So this is what I like to do. And, um, I would like, it just, I just want that one image to be like, oh, that's, that's Brian Sakulis. I mean, you look, look at it. You know what I mean? Like there's gotta be something. So it's just, it's the Polaroids. It's the, it's the lighting, it's the mood, it's everything. What sometimes again, like I said, I've met some that don't give uh, much in the shoot. That's, that's, that's tough because I'll look through the portfolio of the model and I'll, and I'll, I can gauge already whether what what kind of, um, model they are. There's a couple, there's some models that I, that might have just like three poses and that's it. One look and that's it. And you'll see it consistently throughout their, throughout their feed. Um, I'm generally trying, I'm not against working with new models or new people, or, or I, I tried to integrate some other stuff in my, my portfolio. Like I shot, I shot a, a dancer for a magazine. Um, he's a, he's a B, a B boy. So he, like, he did some stuff. I shot at that on Polary. That's pretty cool. I shot a girl who is an actress, um, for that, uh, what's that cartel show that's on, um, Netflix. But anyways, I, 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 I want, I'm still not done. I'm still not done getting different kinds of people. I'm still not done even growing or learning. Like, I don't think I'm there yet. I think, I think I'm slowly getting there. And I think it's cool. Like the kind of feedback that you're giving me, um, is, is what, um, I want to know. So, and so if, uh, when people listen to this, like, I, I don't mind that feedback, whether even if it's negative or because how, I, I need that contrast in order to be like, okay, it's not all about what people like, but, but at least, at least it's not just my own opinion. All I see is all I see is all this stuff. It's like my own opinion. I like this. I like that, you know, but I kind of want, I want something. I just, I just want that body of work that like, like, you know, a wow body of work. Slowly, surely. Well, it's interesting. There's a, what I call a beautiful frustration with doing the podcast. And it's when I talk to someone and I have a very, very vague roadmap of where I want to take the conversation. And either I'm doing a very good job of planning out what I'm doing or the people I'm interviewing are psychic and they end up going down the road that I want to guide them to before I have the opportunity to point out the direction. And my next question was going to be about feedback because where a lot of people are, I, I think we're in, I think we're in a really pathetic age with people's fragile egos. Um, I think on, on being online, having your entire life online, and for the most part, everybody seems to be a pathological liar. People really struggle to get anything other than constant validation and constant reassurance. And it's always interesting and it's always a bit of a gamble with, with artists because by definition, they're, I wouldn't say more sensitive in, in the way that it probably sounds with my English accent, but 
they tend to be more sensitive in terms of empathetic just by being an artist because you're more aware of having an audience to what you're doing. I'm always mm-hmm. concerned that artists are going to be very ego driven because I've met plenty in my time and, and we've had a couple on the podcast previously. Is it something, obviously you've just said that you don't mind the negative feedback. You don't mind the, the, the sort of feedback in general. It's not something that you want to be tapered to suit you, but does it sting when you put so much of yourself into your images? You want it to, to be, like you said, people see an image and they say, that's your image. Does it ever sting when people come back and they don't like something? Luckily, I, I haven't got much, but I, I, I guess I, I guess I'm open to it. Or I'm always, I always have been open minded to like you may get some criticism on something, or you you copied something. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm self aware in that sense. At the same time, and at the same token, I think, I think I I think. It, it doesn't bother me as much because I'm not like, um, I'm not like, I'm not like a new photographer. I've done all kinds of photography and I've really studied like the, like the art of photography means a lot to me. That's probably why I want some kind of work that represents who I am. And if you really study photography, you can study the greats that we know, the ones that we talked about. And if you go beyond that, you will see some of their work that is mimicked by photographers before them. So it's, I'm not saying they're copying and I'm not saying I'm copying. I'm saying we're probably all influenced in some way by what we, by what we see um, in some ways, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's just like, um, like, like if you play an instrument, they say there's only, or, or if you play guitar, there's only, or you make music, there's only, there's only so many ways to, to, to make that music or like they say there's only like three or four basic plots to any real story. So Mm -hmm. I think as an artist in that way too, it's, it's just, it's just like making something your own. I haven't got tons of criticism. If anything, it's, it's maybe it's, um, I don't always divulge every single secret. Um, maybe, maybe that's it. But to me, I mean, the, Google is like, if, if, if you, I want, if anyone, if, to be honest, everything I've ever learned, um, like in terms of the kind of work that I'm doing now is everything is available somewhere on the internet, the camera, right. the, 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 how I did it. Um, it's there, trust me, but you might have to dig really, really, really deep. So this is the obsession that I've had with, with, uh, photography and, and Polaroids and, and then, and, and then just taking all that information and applying it to what I'm doing now. Remember, I remember I did weddings. Some people say, I'll, n- I'll never, I'll never shoot weddings. Or I shot a headshot. Some people say, I'll never shoot a headshot. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll shoot it. I've tried it. I want to, I've tried, I've tried lots of things. I know what I'm good at and what I'm not, what I don't like, what I like. I've probably got maybe some criticism on some wedding stuff, but I was like, well, to me, I'm a, I'm a, I was, I, my, my style was like more like half documentary and half uh, portraiture. So when they criticized it was, it was like more like, um, I wish you would make me look skinnier or something like that. So <laughs> like, like, I could take the criticism, but in terms of what I'm doing now, because there are so few, probably I can, probably I can name them. I can name the Polaroid artists that are, that are doing this now. Um, there is not many. And I think, um, I think, um, if I gain the right uh, traction or, or shot the right person or thing, then, you know, it could go viral, but you know, that's not, that's, that's not uh, my objective in life. Again, the objective is to shoot, shoot something like a body of work or to see it or, or, I mean, I have, I have some ideas, I have some ideas how, how I think it should be in the, in the, in the big picture and the end, I don't say end game because I think as artists, we, we have different phases, stages and, and growing just like, just like the stuff that you said, I can totally agree with that. I told you I had to like navigate into like what, how, how I got there. If I knew Instagram was going to be in in 2010 or 12, when it came out was going to be like the, the, basically the portfolio for everyone, I would have definitely done it different. And I probably would have, even what I'm doing now, 
kind of evolved of, of how, like, if you go back in the feed, you can see like square, square. And then, then you see me filling the squares. Now you see me going back to, now I'm doing like these, um, slideshow kind of things, or they call it carousel, I guess. And those, some of those features weren't offered before, um, Mm -hmm. even like three years ago. So they didn't have carousel. You couldn't put a video or the video wasn't like 60 seconds. So now I'm I'm just using every tool that they give me. I want to just try to, I want to make the inviting for the viewer to stay on a little longer and see the next slide or see, see the peel apart at the end or, or not. Maybe they're bored. I I don't know. Maybe some people think it's one dimensional, but that I'm, um, some people don't, some people don't care about, don't care about film at all uh, or Polaroids or they, or they just copy it. Like who cares if you could just copy it, you know, that's just not who I am. Well, I completely agree with your analogy towards music because I've, I've been saying I used to be a musician, um, not a particularly good one, but I was a musician. And I always used to say, you know, you're a hundred years into electric music. It's not, you're not doing anything new anymore. So do something good. Stop focusing on being different and focus on doing something good. And I think a lot of that comes down to intangibles. It's not so much like, can you play an A minor on an acoustic guitar? Everybody who's ever played a guitar can play an A minor on an acoustic guitar, but it's the charisma and what you put into that A minor and how you build from that point that's actually going to separate you as an artist. And I think with photography, especially with the media around photography, and I'm, you know, media is a bit of an ugly word these days, but when you go to any kind of magazines or any kind of learning device, most of the stuff that's on, YouTube to teach people photography is very technical based and completely misses out intangibles and how you build up your identity as a photographer. And I think if I was to explain what I mean by intangibles, separating technically proficient photographers that are boring from technically proficient photographers that are amazing, I would cite yourself, someone like Carl Ferrez, Eli Warren. There's There's a load of different photographers I would cite as here's an example of someone who all right, they're not taking a picture of something that's so wildly, stupidly unique that there's a reason no one's ever tried to do it because it's a daft idea. They're doing something that is tried and tested, but they're doing it with their own stamp on it, their own personality on it. And it's that's where you stand out. And I, I really wish that was something that more photographers cared about, but I just don't think for up and coming photographers, especially the younger generation, I mean, I'm 32, but I feel about 60 this year. For the up and coming generation of photographers, they're so focused on, you know, can the next camera that's coming out track the eye of a Formula One driver as he passes them at 200 (laughs) miles an hour? Or does it have 75 stops of dynamic range so they can underexpose to such a stupid extent that they never actually have to know how to do anything with a camera because it's now a spaceship? I wish more of them would care about the personality like I, I believe you do. Oh, thank you. Carl has some amazing work too. Yeah. He's, he's, we've, we've, we've shared on buying Polaroid and he, he bought, he bought a camera off of me. His stuff is good. His stuff is, his stuff is consistent. He's definitely, definitely consistent. Me, I think I'm, I'm that kind of artist that wants to know how to do everything. So I can develop my black and white. I can, I can, I can print in a dark room. I can, I scan my own. One of my, one, one image that, that, that uh, a, pe- a lot of people liked was like a, a blonde in a car in a back seat, and um, I shot it through a window, so it has this really like dreamy look to it. And that was shot on um, um, six seven. And where was I going with this? Oh, so I, I was scanning it myself. So I scan my own stuff too. Um, like I want It's like it's like I want to be that sh- chef without the sous chef. Like I want to do everything. I want it. That's my <laughs> work. Time I hit click. Or from the, the time that I manifested this idea all the way to the end, so so I could say it's mine. And that that's exactly what you said, putting your stamp on it. That's that's exactly what not a lot of people are doing or trying to achieve this day. And I don't it doesn't happen overnight. I think people should just slow down and be like, and just understand that like those even those photographers that we know of, like it took them time to become who they were. If you see a Testino piece, you know it's Testino. Helmut Newton, you know it's you know it's Hel- Helmut Newton. Terry Richardson, you know it is because they they they've done they've created something that whether it be you know the composition or the lighting that Terry Richardson lighting or Helmut Newton so raw, it's so black and white. You know, it's just one one hard light in the room. It's just, you just, you just know it. You just know it's them. Or even if you can narrow it down to a few, that's still great. You know, 
Yeah, especially when, like you said, there's so many photographers out there. Something I like to do with portrait photographers, and they almost always dodge the question, um, is to kind of talk about ideal subjects, like people that you would absolutely love to photograph. And uh, normally I approach this by just saying, if you could pick one person, who would you pick to have as your subject for a for a Polaroid shoot, I guess, of yours, or just for a general shoot? And this normally a pretty controversial question because uh, I think a most people want to pick like twenty five people instead of just one, or they don't want to pick one person at all, and they they say that they're happy with the people that they do photograph, which is completely fair. I'll put it to you, but I do have a follow up that's a little bit different. So if you if you can pick one person right now for a portrait shoot, who are you picking? You know what? This is this is going to sound. This will be controversial. So I, I would if I had to pick someone right now, like like shoot them tomorrow and shoot them on a Polaroid of some, of some sort. And this could change tomorrow or whatever, but you're saying this right now because, because I, I have a love for, for from every, from musicians to, to, you know, actors and actresses who I think are beautiful, but I guess just right now in this moment, for some reason, I'll just tell you who comes to mind. And that's uh, that's Donald Trump. <laughs> that's a very common answer. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Cause you know what? He, he well right now because of everything that's going on it's he would be a great subject because there's so many ways you can do this because there's so many thoughts on 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 him as a character like how would you like him that shows that he's like this you know like he he's like he's 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 so controversial you know what i mean yeah He's like a one-man Kuleshov effect in the sense of like, you could take a picture of him with very, very simple lighting, no That's expression, right. and pe- there would be people that would be like, oh, he's stoic and he's powerful and he's, yeah. he's, he's very assured of himself. And then you get other people that would say, oh, he looks evil. He looks like the most terrible person ever. And you wouldn't even like to begin with have to put too much into what you're doing to be able to create a like an enormous force of reaction. So it's actually like almost overwhelming to think how you would approach it to even begin to mold that reaction. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that makes it easy, but he would be an interesting um, person to shoot. Um, uh, there's, a, there's another a Scottish photographer. I'm sure you know them. Albert Watson. Albert Watson has shot all kinds of, he's shot everyone, everyone famous. He's like, he's like one of the last of the, great photographers that's that i think is still alive and and his portrait of um what's the apple guy it was very shot on yeah it was shot on an eight by ten camera white backdrop i love white just like uh just like uh uh, that one photographer we mentioned him um anyways terry richardson's a big fan of white yeah terry richardson um um the one that everyone gives so much credit for being fashion he shot a girl. He shot. Uh, he shot just pictures of people in America. He got. He has one with like a person full of bees all over themselves. Ugh, I can't. I can't think of it. Anyways, he would be amazing to shoot because you wouldn't need much. You know, he's not going to give you that much time. He's going to give you like. He's going to give you fifteen minutes, and you better freaking nail it. And that's. I would be up for it. I'd be shitting in my pants, but I'd be like, I can do this, and like, I have an idea of lighting already. Where like. Where like, you know, like one side would be dark, one side would be light. You could either go that route or do something where like backlight him where he he thinks he's like some angel or saint or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. But it, I think he's such an interesting person because he's so controversial, especially right right now. Like in a year, I'd change my mind because, you know, no one's going to care about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing about about picking a, a portrait subject. You get to pick based on the time that you're picking. You know, right? They're going to have more of an effect or less of an effect. And, okay, so to to go down a different route than just picking out an individual person, let's talk about the people that you have photographed. What are the qualities that make you enjoy the shoot more and you get better images? What are the qualities that the subject has to possess? Obviously, being a you know a good looking person never hurts, but what else do they have to bring to the table for you to get the most out of the shoot? I would say right, right now, what I look for um, is, is, is a, is a model that can, or, or a a subject that can read the shoot. So um, like if I am going to use window light, 
and the model is like turning the other direction, that tells me they have, they don't, they don't understand what I'm doing because they're, 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 they're turning the opposite direction of where the light source is coming from. Models, models that become photographers understood that because they know the direction of the light. They know, they know they should be looking that way or their body should be facing a certain way. So, or, or, or like clothing and, or like, like it's, if it's flowy, then they start playing with it. You know what I mean? If, if it's a jacket and they like, they have to be able to read this shoot and that, and that helps. Um, I've had a couple instances where like, I really had to like work on them, not, not trust wise, but there's just some that are a little, that have come along that are high maintenance, but I was still able to get something cool because that's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time. So I'm definitely going to try to get something, even if we're, she's not feeling like the makeup or the makeup artist or the vibe or the crew, which has happened before too. And you're like, wow, I have, I have a whole crew and this, this model, like, is not happy with this look. Cause doesn't, this Mick doesn't like this, doesn't like that. And you're like, wow. But I, I always ensure them that they're going to get something cool, which I've nine, I'm, I, I'm still batting nine out of 10. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. So you can't please everyone. And sometimes it takes like a second or third shoot, but a lot of times I'm not given that. So that's just how, that's just, that's just how I work. You know I mean? I don't, I don't know. It's not saying like I wouldn't work with someone again. It's just more like, it's, or I'm disinterested, but it's like, I, I guess I want to try. I guess, I guess when I, once I have a subject, I want to move on to another subject, but but there are some that I, that, that have contacted me that want to get back together because, um, I think they've grown as artists, but even, even my work now to my work last year, to my work before that, I would say I'm still getting better. So like, that's just my opinion because I just think I'm, because I'm still learning. I still always find something new. I find a new camera. I find a new film. I find a new way to, to do something that I wasn't doing before or, or do it better. And those are the kind of things that, that, um, I think is just like, it's just like an artist, just like, just like a, a cook. There's so, there's so many ways to, to, to bake a cookie, but why, why are there all these different people making cookies and the people are still buying them because there's so, there's so many layers to it. But if you're just a one layer of photography, then that's kind of not, kind of not who I am. So like, there's lots of layers to get even what, even from the scanning, even from the color, even from how I sharpen, how I tint, how I crop, how I put one picture with the next picture, half of a picture with another picture, one picture that might not work on itself, but it somehow works on a tile in Instagram below it. That's just, and it's just like, takes a lot of thinking sometimes. Sometimes I think I spend too much time on that, but like, to me, I don't, I don't really care because likes are likes, but they don't translate to anything in the, in the end. I mean, in, in terms of like, even, even, even monetary wise, it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, pay me what I can make, you know, shooting x-rays or something. So it's not a big deal. I, I, that's, that's, that's me. So when I, when I look for something in a, in a, in a subject, someone that can trust me and read, read the shoot is my best subject because I can, I can get more. I can, I can do more changes. I can try new things. I could say, Hey, can I, can I pour water on your head? Can I, can we try, um, um, shooting like, you know, a really close up with your eye and then do something crazy with it or, 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 or I'll tell them, I'll say, Hey, I want to take this newspaper. There's this one model. I w- that wasn't even too long ago. And I said, um, my agent as are the agents I've been talking to. So they want more of a narrative and I'm really working towards that. So what do you think if we just, just, hold a newspaper and that's, and that's all it is. And the caption will be send news, you know? So, so I've been trying to play off of captions a little bit just to have just, just to, it's just to like get my mind, my own mind brainstorming on like what, if someone has a caption or like a saying that's popular or whatever, then I can play off of that with an image. And that would be a great way to start just if I have nothing to work with again, I do love basic portraiture or trying to capture the soul. But at the same time, if I can integrate both or get both or get different or get three or four different things in one shoot, that's kind of cool to me because then it's not just one shoot of one thing and one person and that's it. 
I can have several <laughs> layers to it spread out. I can have it layers all in one, meaning like, you know, in, in the carousel way or so. Yeah. Hope that answered. Well, something that I've been slowly learning over the course of this is episode 121 and something that I've learned over the course of the podcast and over the course of, I think, eight years of being a photographer now is that really the best advice in whatever you're doing, if you're a photographer, musician, chef, ballerina, whatever it is in life that you're doing, I don't know about x-ray technician, I feel that might, that might be slightly different, but if you're working in some kind of creative field, it's really important and really helpful to realize there are bigger fish than you. You're not the only person doing what you're doing. And if you work under the, the mentality of, okay, you have to work harder than everybody else that's around and stop pretending that you're a big deal when you're not, you're going to go significantly further than constantly trying to feed into this idea of like, well, look how many followers I have, or look how many likes I have, or anything like that. And when you have a photographer that is hungry to be better and better every single time they shoot, and you have a model who is hungry to be better and better every single time they shoot, that's really where the great work comes from. Not when you get two people that think that they're, as we would say in England, the dog's bollocks, get together and just they just swim in their own egos and don't produce anything of any particular value because they just think that their presence is the gift in itself. I agree. I, t- I, to- I totally agree. I, um, I, think, I think I did struggle with that at some point, you know, not having likes or whatever. And when I started kind of just doing what I wanted to do, seemed to get a little bit more interest. And that's, again, that's not the goal. Um, I, I, I think it's important that you're happy with what you're doing, like that you're, that you care because it's almost like, I just want to, you want to just do cookie cutter, like throw um, a uh, filter, the same filter that everyone else is putting on their stuff to look like everyone else's stuff. Like, and they can't identify you, you know, like, I don't, I don't remember that being some sort of like, I the key to anything in ever. I'm not saying you can't emulate someone's style and like how people do in music. Like you have a, a Nicki Minaj and a, what's, what's the other girl's name sounds just like her, but that's like, and they, now one of them's like irrelevant, you know, like, <laughs> and, or some people like if, if this person has this camera, I need to get that camera. I think if you just know that the camera is a tool and use it as, as what it's supposed to be like a tool, and and push your your boundaries and your knowledge um, by just keep wanting to get better and better. I think that if you don't just focus on like just focus on like where you're where you're at and keep and just keep going. I've I look like I've I've moved at the pace of a turtle in my opinion, but like this is the pace that I'm this is the pace that I'm going on. I don't really care. Like I'm I I, I wish I could move faster, but there are other facets in my life where some people can. They can do other things, you know, but right now, um, I have family, my arm is injured. So like, um, what can I do? I'm just gonna, I'm not going to let it absorb me. I mean, I, I still think I'm passionate about photographer fee. I know tons about cameras and film and stocks and labs and paper. And I can go on and on and on and on. But, um, I guess, I guess I also feel like I, that I want to, be a contributor, you know, in some way to photography, all the Polaroid I shoot, it will not last. It won't last forever. It won't last forever. But if I could be remembered as someone who did something cool with it and that no one else is doing and have a style that's very, that's uh recognizable, just, just to me and my name, then I would, that, that would, that would make me happy in terms of ego. I agree. I learned that a long time ago. There will always be someone better than you, better than you at work, better than you. I mean, even, even the greats like Michael Jordan, there's always someone that there's always someone fresh that's going to come in and be better than you. And I, and, and, and in, in terms of like, there's, there's so many amazing photographers, even though I follow on Instagram, some shoot hybrid, some shoot film, some shoot, you know, some, some do one or the other only though. I, th- I think they're amazing. And I, I give them um, a lot of recognition for just being able to do so much with, with so little. So if, if film isn't your thing, cool. If Polaroids isn't your thing, cool. But if you can still make something that stands out, that's like who you are with what you're working with, that's, that's, what's cool. You know, like 
that's that's what makes you an artist, you know. I I, I think so. Well, I think that when it comes to the the digital camera um, arguments that people have about, well, this guy shoots with this camera, therefore I'm going to get that camera, or this brand is better than that brand. I've actually found. The only bit of advice I can ever give on this podcast is just about being a cynical, sarcastic dickhead. And uh, I actually, I found the perfect remedy for when people have those arguments and I don't want to listen to it, which is when someone says, oh, well, I shoot Sony and it's better. And then someone's like, well, actually, I shoot Nick on this bar. I always just say, well, they're all made by the same kids. And then everyone just feels really <laughs> guilty about the manufacturing process and no one wants to talk about it. So it all goes away. <laughs> That's so funny. It, it it was funny a long time ago. I went into a store here in California and I was like, Hey, I want to get, I want to get a mirrorless camera. He's like, don't get one of those. That's, that's, that thing's going to fail. It's just a piece of junk. You can't trust a TV company that makes your cameras and blah, blah, blah. And I ended up buying a Sony. You know, I did a lot of research. I was interested in dynamic range. Um, I still shoot on an, on an older Sony. I don't say that mine is better or, but, but if, to me, it's like people that have to argue that I feel like they don't have a, a, a broad vision of like photography. So if you just want to talk like technical stuff, you don't, they don't have a broad because not every camera is, is, is appropriate for like what kind of photography you're doing. Why do you need the eye tracking when you're shooting landscapes? That makes no sense to me. You know, why do you need, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they, they just don't have like those things are not you have to apply it to what, what you're, what you're doing with it. It's just like, it's just like a vehicle. And also, you know what, there, there are some great cameras, film and digital. They might be great, right? I've got one right now. I'm trying to sell it, but it's not ergonomical to me. It does not work for me. It, the way that I have to, the turn, what kind of, hold on, what kind of, I'm just going to name it really quick. Maybe some people know it. It's a Konica instant press. It's, 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 there weren't that many made. It shoots um, Polaroid and it can get in really, really tight. But but the fact that you have to frame it, then move it over to where the viewfinder roughly is and 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 everything is just does not work. And so those are useless to me, even if they are the best camera. When I when I was um, shooting film and I had a Nikon, man, the controls, the controls were just not as they had. They had the they had, you know. I guess by scientific measurements, better glass than Canon, but I, I couldn't get the dang thing to, to, to shoot or when I wanted it to. And I couldn't, it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. And that's another thing. So like you might have a, the best Sony, but what if your hands are gigantic? You know, those things are so tiny, you know, like there's so many, there's so many other variables that are not, people don't include. I think, uh, I think yeah, I could go on and on about that stuff too. I could talk photography for like 24 hours, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's so much, that's so much I know about it. Like, and I really want it. Like I've, I've thought about, you know, being, I, I did one article. I did one article for gosh, what's that? I did an article for emulsive film. And, um, that's actually how Carl found me. I did a, I did an article on the Polaroid 600 SE, which is like, it's like a Mamiya universal. You can, everything's interchangeable. And I wrote a lot about it because some of these cameras, I use them. I'm not going to use them anymore or for whatever. And I just want to talk about it. So there's some historical, there's something historic that can be found about, about these things. You know what I mean? Cause when this, all this Polaroid has gone, the, the kind that I peel apart, it's, they don't make it anymore. No one's, no one's making it anymore. The company that did research it is just using old, old pro old chemicals and old, old stuff from, from the old, old Polaroid. And it's, it's all expired. So you're not really getting consistency, but the effort was, it was a valid effort. That's for sure. But no one else, no one else is making it because of the chemicals. It's not good for the earth or something. I heard Polaroid is gone. They're not, they're not even giving out their patents or it's, it's, it's I mean, even people have tried to bring it back that everything is just anyways, peel apart is pretty much dead. So whatever, whatever is out there is out there, which there, I still think there's a lot, but it's very, very expensive. And then you have, um, original Polaroid who took over impossible film who branched from the old Polaroid, the original Polaroid. So the Polaroid now is really like a Polaroid 2.0 and for what their efforts, you know, I think what they're doing is cool because, because, um, it's just, it's just something different than Instax. And I just haven't really fell in love with, with the Instax brand, but I'll shoot it here and there. Well, to your point about 
comparing the cameras and the ergonomics and what works for the right job. One thing I've always said is that there are tractors that cost £100,000. There are also Lamborghinis that cost £100,000. It just depends if you need to go fast or plow a fucking field. (laughs) One's not going to do the job in some cases and it's going to do the job great in other cases and arguing that, yeah, but I like Lamborghinis more. Okay, have fun plowing your field. It's just not going to (laughs) work. I think sometimes we get a little bit too caught up in in uh, brand allegiance and we sometimes leave behind the common sense of what you actually need the device to do. I need to let you go because it's been it's been so great talking to you and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I'm going to do something here that I did with Carl as well and I've done with a couple of others. You need to release a book. You need to put together a photo book. I want to buy a book. I want a book of your work. I want some prints. This is something that needs to be made available. So this this part of the podcast is essentially just me harassing you into doing something so that I can have something. Um, I, w- I want to buy a book. I want to uh, I, w- I want to get some prints as well. And and you need to make that possible. Is is that something you would ever consider doing? Is is some kind of book? I have I have I have thought about it. Um, twenty twenty one looks like a good year to do it. I've thought about putting out even just like a small zine. People have asked me about this before. I do have work that that people have not seen before, and, and sometimes maybe subconsciously, I do hold back because I know that I want to publish something one day. I don't want it to be shitty, and I want it to be well done, and I want good paper, and I want that's all the things. So, so I don't think I'm quite there yet, but I I'm getting there where I could be happy with something. And, um, I would love to have like, even like, a, like a show, like what, like in, in a small space or even like a really nice, they have these, uh, like stores or, um, you know, like a really nice coffee shop that might support artists, like something like that, where you could like see the real Polaroid in person, because I don't think r- replicas will do it justice, but, um, yes, I would definitely do that definitely in the works. It's been so, so fantastic to talk to you. And uh, hopefully in the near future, I can make you a member of the Two Timers Club and have you back on again uh, to pick your brains even more about cameras and maybe go a little bit deeper into some of your previous shoots. The most important thing, the absolute reason that I do the podcast is that I'm basically just trying to force my opinion on everyone else and make them like all the things that I like. So we need to tell people where they can go to find your amazing work. So please Tell me all your links of where people can go to find you. Okay. Yeah. You can definitely find my work at, um, um, on Instagram at, uh, Brian. So coolest. So it's B R I A N S O C O O L E S T. That's a playoff of, that's a playoff of my real name. Not, not, not to, not to be an ego thing. Cause my last name is so coolest. It's Greek, but, um, people couldn't say it when I was in school. So they'd be called like, Hey, so coolest and or so coolest without the T. And so to just be different on Instagram, that's uh, you can find me at Brian. So coolest and also at Brian. So coolest.com, which is still um, kind of hidden. It's live, but, but I haven't been plugging it. So here I am. You could check it out. Like if you want it on your computer, it'd be a lot bigger, but I'm still messing around with it, but there's cool. It's, t- it's kind of cooler to see like, some of the images on a big screen because like it just looks so much different than on a phone. And it's the first time, 121 episodes, it's the first time I've had someone on that shoots x-rays. So another first <laughs> on the podcast. You're such a gentleman. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank you for having me again. Thank you.